to Bickering Peaks with your hosts, Aiden and Lindsay. So, we're here to talk about Leland and company, but mostly Leland. This is the Leland Arc episode, I think is what we're going to call it. We don't know. We'll make have a better name when we publish it. Yeah, you'll find out. Yeah, well, I guess I'll find out, yeah. They'll already know. Listeners will already know what it's called. But for now, we're calling it the Leland Arc because we want to talk about everything from the very first episode all the way up to uh, Leland's death, which is kind of the conclusion of... The Who Killed Laura... Palmer's story, which is the central story of Twin Peaks. That's what we argue. I think that's what a lot of people would argue, that that's the central... um, the driving force behind, you know, yeah. the, the story. The story and the show and the ethos, and it tied everything together uh, really well, especially in the first season. And then when it disappears, the show kind of meanders for a bit and loses focus until yeah. um, it's brought back yeah. in the, the final episodes um, by, I think, the inclusion of Wyndham Earl and the this kind of the solidification of the, the mythology yeah. that... Such that such as it is, I yes, guess. yeah, as solidified as it's going to be, <laughs> and so yeah, but, so there are going to be spoilers here. We yeah. might talk about the future episodes and whatever. Probably uh, fire walk with me as well. We're going to yes. be touching on that, so um, you've been warned. Hopefully, you've been you've been up to date at least with our podcast, so you know that Leland's the killer. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise sorry, well, sorry, yeah, <laughs> very Canadian of us. Late. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <God. laughs> Yeah. No, but yeah. So, so but yeah, we're gonna be all over the map. But our focus is on these these first uh, what is it, fifteen episodes? Yeah, including the pilots yeah. or plus the pilot. I mm-hmm. don't remember. Uh, yeah, and what you know, what happened, uh, how the the show worked, what didn't work, and uh, kind of where it's going, and, and a bit of analysis of of uh, especially Leland's character. I think that's yeah. that is really a focus of of this uh, episode because we want to get into the the heart of. Is it Leland or is it Bob who is doing all these terrible and things? And what are the implications for that in in the, the larger scheme of Laura's story and the landscape of television as it was in 1990 and as it is today? Because there's uh, there are, there's a lot of discussion, especially in feminist circles, of um, the way that this story was handled and uh, dealt with. So, yeah, I mean, with the, ad, you know, I, I hate to say advent, it's not really... The of rape culture and and all of those things. We'll be talking about that in relation to, yeah. to this as well. So, a lot oh, of things man. we'll be talking about. Yes, yes, we will. It's a very special episode with just just the two of us. So we'll get lots of bickering on this episode. I think. Yeah, well, and I disagree with you on not everything. Much. No, not much. <laughs> It'll be less bickering than we hope for, I think. But we'll see. Um, so, do you want to start with? Well, where where, do, where would you feel more comfortable? Do you want to start just with? Talking all about Leland, we can get as much as I yeah, as we I can. think I think that's okay. the logical place to start. Leland and Laura, and how how their stories intersect. Yeah. So. 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 L- Leland is the killer. Yes. But it's also Bob. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's where the show kind of leaves us, right? Is that is that Leland did the killing, but the motivation behind that, ostensibly, is this supernatural being, right? Who's not really been quantified. In any sort of real sense. Yeah. yeah, he's just been kind of seen in visions. and They don't know who he is, where he is, what he is. How but... he's there. Like, Yeah, none of, none of it is really explained. They just say, oh, it's Bob. Well, I mean, in the sense that we've had Mike and Philip Gerard and 
hints of inhabiting spirits, those are things that have come up. So, yeah. I mean, we do know, or we can assume that that's, that's what's happened here. Yeah. But the show is, well, the show is a little less ambiguous. I think the show is very clear, especially in the this last episode where Leland confesses and mm-hmm. uh, then he cries in, in Cooper's arms as he's dying and, and, and says that I didn't know what I was doing and and the show seems to absolve him a bit. And then it carries on to the next episode. Uh, we just watched a bit of it here where uh, it's the wake for Leland and everyone. And Cooper especially says, well, no, it wasn't your husband. When she's, He's talking to Sarah Palmer and he says, it wasn't your husband that did this. It was this evil that exists out in the world. And, you know, became manifest perhaps in your husband. But it wasn't. it wasn't your husband. It was not Leland's fault. He's not responsible for what he did to Laura. Right. Um which angers a lot of people and it it really kind of angers me it does it upsets me a little bit too yes why so i think what bothers me the most is actually that the show is inconsistent about that approach there seems to be times when leland switches between uh good leland and bob uh especially in the the episode in between his reveal as the murderer and his capture and death uh, the, there's that scene where he's laughing with Cooper and then he's crying and laughing and, and Cooper's kind of catching on there's something wrong there and if Leland's able to to flip back and forth between these personalities so quickly what what's going on in his brain that he doesn't understand that there's that there's something else going on when he's when he's crying well I don't, I don't think that in that episode you're talking about um, the one in in between right yeah yeah I don't I'm I'm not entirely sure that 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 is the true Leland coming to the fore. Mm. I think that's Bob playing with Leland. I think that's Bob playing with Cooper, more importantly, um, and putting on a show. I think that's that's total Bob. From okay. the from the moment that he kills Maddie until the moment that um, he kills Leland, or Leland kills himself, however you want to look at that, yeah. I think that's Bob. Okay. I think it's more clear in Fire Walk With Me when the shifts are happening. But, oh, well. but I mean, it's... Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the show is inconsistent, but the show also, I don't think up until, um, up until season two, episode seven, uh, so episode, uh, 15 overall, seven, 14. Yeah. Not including the pilot. Yeah. Um, I don't think even Ray Wise knew that he was the killer, right? Yeah. So the show, the show in itself it's it we should really caution people against reading too much into Leland early on because so much of of Ray Wise's performance um it it can't be read as he didn't know that he was the killer so we can't read into what he did up until this point so really but at the same time I feel Mark Frost has said that he and David Lynch knew all along of course so they did write in Oh, they obviously wrote in a path in which Leland yes. is the killer into the into the whole story. Right. Were we ever supposed to really find out? Who knows? Probably not. Well, no, no we yeah, weren't he, supposed to, yeah, right? But yeah. but the fact that we do... I'm saying the text doesn't support that, that it's just Bob. And the text doesn't support that it's just... Well, the, the text says it's not Leland at all at certain points. And at other points it says, no, well, it could have been... No, I think... I, yes, okay. So So the text is ambiguous. Yes. The text being the TV show, yes. the script, the what the episode that we watch yeah, the, on TV. Yeah, the episodes that we are actually on TV. Um, it's very open to interpretation, but I think, I think the, I think that's where the disagreement comes in between 
between David Lynch and Mark Frost because the the episode where uh, Leland kills Maddie was written by Mark Frost and it was directed by David Lynch. And it's very clear in that episode that Leland is... Leland is being inhabited by Bob, but it's Leland doing the killing, and it's it's a very evil portrayal of Leland. And then in the, the next episode, which was written by Scott Frost, so Mark Frost's brother, again, we get full-on evil Leland, right? Yeah. It's only in the the episode after that when Leland is found out to be the killer and and Leland subsequently dies that the show really backs away from the idea that Leland was responsible for these things. Whereas up until that point in the, the previous two episodes, it's much more clear that he is an evil. It. I don't know if it's clear, but I feel like it's it, it lends itself more to the idea that Leland knew what was going on. Like, it, it, you're never really... Okay, up until the last moment when Leland is spilling his guts, literally yep. and figuratively... Sorry, that was a bad word choice. Uh, he's not spilling his guts, it's his brains. Brains, okay, sorry. He's spilling his mind yeah. uh, to uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, until that point, you don't know what the experience of being possessed by Bob is like. So, yeah, the counterpoint to the TV series uh, and the clarity with which is provided in that uh, that scene in the, in the holding cell where Leland dies is Fire Walk With Me, where it's much more ambiguous. There's, there's, there's a specific scene, especially uh, when... Leland and Bob are killing uh, Laura that and she's kind of bent over the mirror and he Leland appears and he says I thought you knew it was me all along and he it's me like he's talking as Leland because mm-hmm. then Bob also appears and, and whispers into Laura's ear as a separate entity mm-hmm. so in in Fire Walk With Me especially in that shot but th- there are other ones I mean Ray Wise does a great job of threading that needle between the two uh, psychoses um, and the two personalities sorry of Leland and Bob. Um, yeah, Fire Walk With Me is just, it's much more nuanced. There's, it lends itself much more to the idea that you know, Leland knew what was going on. He may not have had total control when it was happening. Like he says, don't make me do this, don't make me do right. this when he kills Laura. But he still he still knows it's him doing it. Right. Um, it doesn't wipe out his memory or it doesn't appear to his eyes clearly and clear cut as it made it sound like in yeah. that that the TV episode. Well, and that's that's what I'm talking about is that the show kind of flinches. It's like it mm-hmm. goes there. It 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 yeah. in that moment when you when you realize that that Leland is Bob. It's like it's a horrific moment because it's like all of a sudden we've just heard about the horrible things in Laura's secret diary that Bob or this this friend of her father's was yeah. doing to Laura. Yeah. Um, and then you realize it was her father. Oh. And then right after that, he kills Maddie horrifically. So, I mean, there's just, it's, it brings you to an emotional place. Yeah. And it keeps you there for the next episode. And then at the end of the third episode, it pulls back. Pulls it all away. It yeah. flinches. And it's like, no, actually, we didn't want to go there. Yeah. And that's almost what I feel is, is it's a cop-out on the part of, the writers and I and that's what I was getting at is that that was that was an episode that was written by Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Engels. David Lynch had nothing to do with that, whereas he had everything to do with Fire Walk with Me, yeah. and Mark Frost had nothing to do with it. So, yeah. so it's really the difference in approach between these two writers slash directors, like the showrunners and executive producers of the show. Um, yeah. yeah, their their way of approaching this story is it because in David Lynch's. Uh, 
honesty about this subject it's an, a, it's a story of incest and abuse mm-hmm. yeah. and in mark Frost's handling of it it's a supernatural event that just gets imposed exactly. on Laura by by happenstance really it's exactly it has nothing to do with and Leland, the yeah. show the show itself doesn't resolve it very nicely right and and at the end of of um the last the, yeah, the last, last leland episode, yeah. episode um the characters even admit they they're like, well, what is well, this? Yeah, they, right? they basically do what we're doing right yeah, now, which is like, trying to decide like, well, was he just crazy? Did he have a personality break? Was it purely supernatural? Um, was it something in between? That's what Major Briggs kind of seems to yeah, to point or, out. or is it the, Bob, the, evil, the evil that, that men, men do, do right? Yeah, right? Which I, I think a lot of people um, it they fall on either side of that, and I don't even know where I stand on it because I don't want to say the show the show in later episodes and into Firewalk with me really leans heavily on the supernatural part and I like that. I really do. Because it it kind of it's more palatable to me, I think, to imagine that these things happen because of supernatural yeah. forces. Is that realistic? In the real world, people are abused, children are abused, women are raped, yeah, people are murdered. There's nothing supernatural about it, right? Yeah. So it it takes away from from the experience of people who have been abused, and Aiden, you've mentioned that before, that it it kind of cheapens that. Yeah, the the that real reality and suffering that that real victims have gone through by saying, "Oh well, it was just it was all Bob." Oh, that, that yeah. goofy Bob off in another dimension coming in and taking over Leland's body. But right? having having said that, there are cases where people have been in fugue states and they've committed crimes, or yeah, they literally have, have personal multiple personalities, or or, yeah. or something like that. That so, I mean it. The show doesn't fall on one side or the other. It kind of dances. And then it, it's further complicated with Firewalk With Me that, that really does seem to suggest that that Leland was at least partially aware mm-hmm. of what he was doing and what he was capable of and that he was possessed, I guess, or, or that Bob was as part of his personality. I think mm-hmm. it's much more clear. I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's it's a troubling dynamic. and it And it doesn't, sit well with me no it's yeah and it yes so yeah we talked about this offline where uh we were talking about like leland's responsibility even if it is purely bob um even if you take the most supernatural spiritual uh approach to the problem of leland and bob uh at some point leland did allow bob in now that that sounds harsh because we know that when Leland or when Bob wants to get into Laura, especially in Fire Walk with Me, it's very clear. When he wants to take someone over, if they say no, he kills them. So is it really reasonable to expect a young boy? I mean, Leland's yeah. explanation of what happened to him was that he was a young boy. Um, can you expect a young a young man to uh, fight? Well, <laughs> a and it depends. It, it depends how old he was too. Like, there's a lot of unanswered questions. If he's, you know, I I remember this conversation that. Um, because the parallel is drawn between Laura being 12 or 13 when Bob first starts molesting her. If Leland was the same age and gave in and allowed Bob to come into him where Laura resists for four or five years. Yes, as then, does Agent Cooper, we find which out. Which, if, yeah. you, if you take that reading of, of his uh, My Life, My Tapes, the, the Dale Cooper autobiography, um, he did have an encounter or it's hinted that he had an encounter with a Bob-like figure that yeah. also may have tormented his mother, um, which, you know, it, 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 I don't want to say it complicates things, but it adds another layer of, uh, to this whole thing is that there's 
there is a level of agency that you have as a victim to refuse your abuser, mm-hmm. which doesn't yeah. jibe with reality no, no. because you can't expect your, your yeah. no, victims, victims of abuse to, are, yeah, yeah, they don't behave rationally because they can't because they're in a rational situation, right? So, yeah. They're, but yeah. but it, the implication being that um, that Leland was weaker than Laura. Leland allowed himself to become possessed by Bob. Um, if so he is was, there, I guess, yeah, yeah, it's more of a question. I don't think, I don't think it's a fair one even, but it's something that we talked about briefly, which is, is it fair then to still blame Leland for some small part of because Because it's, it's, it's victim blaming and, and, is, that's, and that's, that's a really yeah. not a good thing to do, right? No. So how much of that is, is realistic? Can we, can we blame Leland for any of this? Um, in the real world, yes, we would blame Leland because he is wholly responsible. But in the world of Twin Peaks, it's really not clear. And, but even yeah, it, it just it's it's so complicated yeah. because if you have, if you have Laura able to resist Bob, and then losing her life because of it, if Leland had that choice and made a different choice, is it weak or is it just Self, self-preservation? Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's it's, no. So it's it's it's. Yeah. It's never fun when a perpetrator can be viewed as a victim. Yeah. But in the case of abuse, especially when it's familial abuse, these are things that we, we hear about all the time, that uh, the abused become abusers. Yeah. So it, it lends itself to a real-world reading of abuse, yeah. rape or uh, alcohol abuse and that, those well, kinds of things. Stuff, yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. Like, like those things actually do happen. Well, Laura... Was already exhibiting all those symptoms, right? She's already doing drugs and she's in prostitution and stuff like that. Yeah, for she was money. taking risks and yeah. trying to alienate herself from her own life in order to like compartmentalize her yeah. her experience. Yeah, and so that's the bad lore and the good lore, and, right? Yeah, right. and kind of went along those lines, right? Um, which is something that you know it's it's fairly well documented that that some people who are abused do that. Oh so, yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's very common. So. Yeah. But then to add that other layer of this being a supernatural obsession, um, it it does yeah, it, it does complicate things. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's so much to talk about, and many essays have been written, and mm-hmm. we've we've watched uh, listened to a few people talk about um, their takes on on the whole Leland Bob situation, and I don't I think the ambiguity of the text is kind of infuriating if you want to approach it from one way or the other. Say it was all Leland; he was totally aware. Um, and he's just a rapist who has, you know, created this Bob alter ego to, to kind of uh, cover his own tracks and his own uh, keep his own mental state healthy, or you go to the opposite and it's it's purely. I, and I, I don't think I don't think either one of those is, is no 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 it, of those. it has to exist in the middle. That's where I'm I'm yeah. falling. The more I think about this, is that maybe there is Bob could be a representation of the evil that men do mm-hmm. and women do if we want to go <laughs> yeah. humankind does yes, it's yes. evil in humankind mm-hmm. um and it's and it is and this is a popular um theory is that bob the image of bob manifests itself to his abuser or to the the abused in the visage of the person who abused them yeah so um so the image of bob that Leland sees in the mirror is the image of the man who abused him when he was a child, yeah. if you want to look at it that way. Um, but then Laura sees Bob, Ronette sees Bob 
Cooper sees Bob as the same long-haired man. Yeah, is, while it's inside Leland, though. Like, that that's the thing. So if, uh, when, yeah, now that okay. Leland's died, or, okay, here, hypothetical. Yeah. That maybe won't be hypothetical yeah, in yeah. season three. But say uh, Laura accepted Bob into her. Yeah. Uh, she would always see Bob as... as her Ray, father. Yeah, as Ray Wise. So right. it would be... Uh, so be Bob Leland. would be Leland, Leland all, of all of a sudden, and that would be the personification of this evil entity. So if Laura in season three winds up being a serial killer slash molester as well, right? The the alter ego may very well be be uh, Leland that comes right. out right. and and appears in that, which way. is so. a theory that a lot of people have espoused. Seeing as Frank Silva, who played Bob, died. Uh, Twenty. Yes, and Ray Wise ago. is back in the cast. Yes, and, and so is Shirley. So, so Shirley. it's it's one way that people are rec- trying to reconcile this and and make their theories now fit with what the reality of well, what yeah. could be happening in in season three. Yeah, and um, well, yeah, and what was described in season one because the, Ray's, uh, uh, Ray Wise, I keep wanting to call him by the actual <laughs> name, but Leland's the only one who ever saw the physical incarnation of Bob in the real world. Uh, and that was as a young so boy. He claims, so he claims. So this claims. this could That's be true. this could be the same thing as as. Laura saying she saw a man. She didn't know he wasn't a real man. Maybe she, mm. maybe this always was a spirit. Like that's that's the thing. And I I don't, I don't hate the text for for not giving these answers. No. I wouldn't want it to give all the answers. No. I think we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah, if exactly. That was the yeah, case. it'd be boring. But but um, but it does when it when you're t- when you're dealing with issues like incest and rape and abuse. It's it gets into some touchy areas. And there are a lot of people who who view this through a lens that. Um, they see it as misogynist, and they see it as, you know... Uh, well, because, yeah, when you absolve Leland of, of any guilt, it it can really feel unsatisfying to to, to the well, whole story. Well, to anyone, to, Yeah, right? to just say, like, oh, well, you know, it was just some other thing that yeah. we're not... And you can't punish Bob. Like, that. that's the yeah, thing that exactly. really kind of gets to me, personally, is that the, the whole... The whole world of Twin Peaks, they're fighting against this mystical evil energy that's out in the forest, but they're not really fighting it. They're just trying to keep it at bay and hope sure, yeah. hope it doesn't kill anybody anymore. Yeah, it's it's, it's not as satisfying. It's not, and especially, I think, especially having Leland be the one, because he's a lawyer and he's very devoted to justice yes. and, and everything. Like episode. in that, well, he's yeah, but in that last, in that last episode when he, you know, he is going to defend his daughter's murderer, potentially, right? When he takes on yeah. Ben's case yeah. because he wants justice, justice to, to, be, served, to yeah. be served. And it's like... There's no justice in Twin Peaks. No. It's, like, if, everybody if, is... If it's a supernatural entity that's doing the killing, you how do you... Yeah. How do you exact retribution or justice when when it's a non-corporeal form, an interdimensional being? Like, you can't bring that to trial, right? So, yeah. So it doesn't fit with... Yeah, our concept of justice no, or, exactly. or how anything would happen. So, and that's why, yeah, the the absolution of of uh, Leland by Cooper is can be really unsatisfying. I totally get that, mm-hmm. um, and especially after you watch Firewalk with Me, and you're like, no, Leland, Leland knew something was was wrong. He he has much more. I don't know the the, yeah. the portrayal in Firewalk with Me is just so nuanced and and uh, yeah, again, it plays with that line so yeah. well that you can't help but feel that. That Leland had more of a, a knowledge, and I think that's I think that's a very Lynchian in the most <laughs> explicit well, terms. Exactly, because you know, that was David Lynch's approach. Was exactly, this the is the father. evil that yes. exists inside this upstanding pillar of the community, yeah. right? So to have that be um, the source of this, the pain and the trauma, not just of Laura but of the entire town of Twin Peaks, yeah. to have that be in this. Yeah, this lawyer, pillar, yeah, right, yeah. is is a very lynching thing. 
Um, yeah, and Mark and Frost that's, and Company yes. Dad. They, 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 just they shied away it. from yeah. that. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a different approach. And I think I would have preferred the Lynchian approach. Well, yeah, because it, it, it forces you to, to face, like, if okay, if Leland didn't do it, then there's nothing upsetting about his reveal. Oh, it's just Bob. Just Bob killing uh, Maddie. Like, right, but right. that's not how that scene feels. That no. scene feels like no. This, this is, is her Leland. uncle murdering her. her because she looks like his his, his dead daughter, who, who he, he also murdered. killed. Like it's it 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 layers that so horrifically. Yeah, the, there's the, no yeah. other word for it. No, uh, yeah, that yeah, d- taking the easy way out just just negates that whole that whole sense of discovery and mm-hmm. and sadness, and and yeah, and it negates honestly any other any real victims of abuse. You mm-hmm. know, it, well. Okay. It's a, it's a TV show and, you know, it's for entertainment purposes. Well, yeah, and, and it's not, I don't think that, I, I mean, the show doesn't set out to to give any kind of, make any political statements no. or anything about no. these, these issues. And that's, that's not its purpose and that's fine. Yeah. We can read into it all we want, but we need to, you know, be a little bit wary because the show doesn't. Yes. But, like, but it, like but I've, I've contrasted it to other shows like The Fall. Yeah. That we've been watching, mm-hmm. um, which is very much a political show, yes. and dealing with misogyny and toxic masculinity, and these are all buzzwords that that are being thrown around a lot these days yeah. that weren't around, or not at least not in the dis- common popular discourse like they are today, yeah. back in 1990. So, I mean, that's not what the show is about. It's fine to read into it that way, and people do, and and I respect that. Well, it just it adds another layer. Right? It does. Like if absolutely. It, if it is just supernatural, then it's kind of an X Files show, right? Sure. There, there's no moral questioning that goes on in in a show that's purely supernatural. I mean, you can, you know, sci-fi and fantasy can be can do oh, that yeah. that work too, but in a contemporary show set in a contemporary community, yeah, you know, and you and you face a question like this, like right. uh, sexual abuse in the house, in the household, in the family. You know why? Why shy away from that? If when you can make that point that 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 does happen, I mean, and it happens underneath a whole town's nose. Oh yeah, which is really what what you really get at the. And it affects of the whole town, which yes. is the important thing. Is that Laura and and we aren't the only ones who who have read into this this kind of um, like psychosocial, I guess, read of Twin Peaks. The the podcasters on on the Diane podcast um, have gone down this road as well. Um, that. Laura's trauma is the town's trauma. That that what happens to Laura happens on the body of the town as well. Yeah. And that's why her story is so central to the show. When that gets removed, the show lose fo- loses focus, as we said. So um, to, have, to have that trauma be so central and then to have there be no um, resolution... To have yeah. it be just purely supernatural, it's a big cop out, and that's why that's why that read of things feels so disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, having it be purely like not supernatural at all makes the show less interesting. Yes, that's why I, th- I really do think it is a mix of the two. That's why I that's why I love Firewalk with me because yeah. it play it is a character focused drama yes. that just happens to have these supernatural elements that that. Play metaphorical roles for the characters, mm-hmm. but you can also read them as actual physical, you know, supernatural objects and act and figures that exist yeah. and actually take part in the action. But that doesn't absolve the human base characters mm-hmm. that we all you know can relate with 
from their responsibility of facing the, the supernatural and, yeah. you know, the physical things that are affecting them as well. Right. So, I, like, that's why I think Fire Walk With Me was amazing. I think uh, I think it, it, the fact that it faces those moral questions head on is great. And I think we'll, we'll see what season three has in store. But um, David Lynch, when he, when he wants to face something like this, and uh, he does it pretty much, well, not head on. It's it's far more obscure yeah, than that, yeah. but but the but he the, deals the, with it exactly more. Yes, and I think what's interesting to me is that um, the idea of Agent Cooper becoming possessed by Bob yeah. was a Mark Frost conceit. It was not a David Lynch conceit. David Lynch never yeah. wanted this fallen hero type of of approach yeah. with Agent Cooper. But but he, he went with it went when with it, yeah. when, when they he filmed did the, the last episode. Yeah. So and, and even that's in Fire Walk where, with Me, he's yes. Well, it's, well you it's, can't, it's a little bit unclear, but um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in season three as well, because now you've got another upstanding, morally righteous character who for the last 25 years potentially has been um, the, the corporeal host for this evil Black Lodge spirit. Yeah. What is going to happen there? How is that going to play out? And I think we'll see in season three if, if they continue down that road and i don't see how they can how they can shy away from that now yeah well but if they go down that road yeah. and we we see how the morality of dale cooper in season three will will be much much more interesting than how we get the morality of leland palmer yes being except for in fire walk with me which is yes which is much more interesting yeah yeah i yeah i mean well there's so many characters i mean if cheryl lee is playing laura for somehow laura's come back to life right what is her moral yeah, exactly. kind of standing and, and what what is her role, you know? So season three has many, many unanswered questions. We have to see, we don't even know anything about it really, no. except for... As as yeah. of the recording of this podcast, um, we are a couple days away from the, uh, the, the big TCA reveal where it's very likely that they are going to announce the premiere date. So oh, this... Oh, I didn't even know this. Yeah, it's happening on Monday, January uh, 9th. We're recording this on Saturday, January 7th. So um, we're two days away from what may potentially be either the premiere date or maybe they'll do a teaser trailer. Like, yeah. nothing has been released so far, so we have no idea. But, um, but yeah, as of right now, we don't, we don't know much about, yeah. about that, yeah. what's going on. But yeah. We did talk about this already a little bit. Um, but we wanted to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura really being the center of the show. Right. Um, obviously, the big question at the start of everything was who killed Laura Palmer. Right. We got hints and, and small details about her life and her character. But most of what you got was her impact on all the other characters in yeah. the show. Um, and that was the big success of season one. Yes. And I think it would have been the great success of season two had they not gone with the reveal. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who thinks that the reveal single-handedly destroyed, single-handedly the, show. destroyed the show. No, there were a lot of factors that I think led to the downfall of the show. But yeah. some of this, yeah, like we've talked about this, some of the plot lines already popping up, like Nadine going back to high school and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that, that stuff was already underway. It's it's not up to the quality that was. And in and one. I mean the the viewers were dropping off. I think the network was starting to get a little bit nervous. So things were starting to happen. Apart from this, they expected this to be like the Hail Mary pass that would save the show, but it, it was just one of many things that I think contributed to, to the downfall. Yeah. I think the thing that really, like I said, cements Laura's storyline is just, like you said, her centrality to the, to the story. And 
that trauma that she goes through mirroring or being superimposed on the the town itself. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you you had some points that you wanted to bring well, up? Well, I, I think I think it's it's clear. I mean, if you go to the end of the series, they've built up Windermere, and this is just this is the section where David Lynch was not involved at all, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Um, no, he wasn't. He didn't obviously didn't direct any episodes up until the final one, and I don't think he was on the writing staff. Even even when he the the last episode, he didn't even follow the script. He just did his own thing, yeah, uh, and just filmed his own stuff. Um, but he basically negates the whole Windermere, everything else that's in there. Well, he hated the Windermere. He yeah. hated the character. He hated the plot. Yeah, like that. So whole he just basically seems... wiped it out. Like Windermere goes to the Black Lodge, and Bob kills him basically, yeah. Yeah. Or, as far as we know. Bob wipes him out, and then it's back to Bob, Laura, and Cooper. It's the the triumvirate that that started the show for Lynch, I think. Yeah, is really these three characters. Um, and Frost. I mean, Mark Frost was always more interested in that supernatural. Yeah, stuff, exactly. Right? And but, and but but uh, Wyndham Earl allowed him to explore that in a with human characters, right? He didn't sure. need to just do that. So I think Wyndham Earl was much more of a, a Mark Frost character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so David Lynch just basically wipes out the last like eight or nine episodes worth of stuff, mm-hmm. and and basically goes back to the core. And then when you get to Fire Walk with Me, it I mean you were there hoping for a sequel in 1992 or whatever, and you get a, a prequel. prequel because that is where the story actually was for David exactly. Lynch all along was Laura Palmer, who was this girl, what what happened to her to lead to this violence, and then he weaves in the supernatural that Mark Frost had expanded upon. Yes. And he's worked in the lodges, maybe. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. But but Fire Walk With Me really is a recentering of the show. And and it really works that way because Laura Palmer was such an interesting character who touched on so much of Twin Peaks and summarized the Lynchian uh, ethos so well of this prom girl who was doing cocaine and being molested and, you know, trying to save her friends. Like, she... Fire Walk With Me, we, we watched a, a short YouTube documentary that mm-hmm. we'll put in the, the links. Um, it's 28 parts or something like that. Yeah. But when you get to the Fire Walk With Me and the analysis of Laura's character, we both kind of agree that this was really accurate because even when she's at her lowest point, she's she's basically acting as a prostitute for, uh, I don't know, somewhere. Jacques Renault is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees Donna trying to do the, going down the same path, and she, she, she has a moral center of her to go out and save Donna from committing these kind of bad and painful acts uh right and this was this was the documentary that joel bacco um yeah. yes thank you I yeah that. who joel bacco put this out and uh, a couple years ago um and in it it's it's kind of uh it's stated that donna represented the good part of laura that that laura has uh kind of shun she's it's, well it's, she knows it's not going to be around forever because bob is either going to kill her or become her and right. take out and remove the good part of her right man. so in in protecting donna um in fire walk with me she is is trying to protect herself yeah. um which is it's a selfless act i think that's that's the thing that that laura does so well in and cheryl Lee does a remarkable job in fire walk with me of showing that even in the midst of all of this Laura still is the hero. She is the mm-hmm. hero of her own story. It doesn't. It's not Agent Cooper. It's not Sheriff Truman. It's Laura Palmer. Yeah. And she is the one. And that's that's the real. That's that's where the show always was. And when you have a TV show where where a character who and she is so powerful in the show as a force that I mean we only see her in uh, flashbacks, flashbacks or her picture. 
um, the video of the picnic, I mean, in these, these few instances, she becomes this such a mythological character. Um, it's incredible that Fire Walk With Me is able to match to surpass that even yeah. because because she's taken on such she has such stature in the show yeah that then yeah. usually they fall short if yeah, you if you were to go after that yeah. it in, in the hands of other directors I've seen this um, just completely collapse yeah no that's a that's a great point because I'd never even consider that but yes Twin Peaks or uh, Fire Walk with Me as a measure of building up Laura to match what she was in the show it surpasses that yeah. because you really I mean especially. What Cheryl Lee did was just amazing, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you really get a sense of of how deep, and that's not in like a new agey kind of way. Mm-hmm. How deep the character of Laura Palmer was, how yeah. much nuance and how much how many different facets she had, and how how she tried to get by in the last week of her life, yeah, uh, in face of these terrible things that were happening to yeah. her and these re- revelations that and she was giving her to. all of this strength and. Um, Composure, I, I guess, is is mm-hmm. a word. I'm not sure if that's the right one, but to give that to her, to give her all that agency that she she finally she has power in the end to choose. I've I've read a lot of um, essays recently, feminist critique of Firewalk. Well, critique of the show, not necessarily a Firewalk with me, because I think Firewalk with me does give a lot more um, power back to Laura yeah. as a victim. Yeah to choose her own fate but in the show it's hinted at that she um allowed these things to happen or sought them out even. or sought yeah. them out which is which is a victim blaming approach that i don't like i never bought into that for the show but even more so when i watch fire walk with me it's like no laura was doing the only thing that she could to save herself it yeah. wasn't it was a un- t- terribly unpalatable choice but it was it was a choice that she was able to make herself with all the power and all the knowledge that she was given via Mike or via her dreams, via Agent Cooper, via Annie, via all these people who who the grandmother, Mrs. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Tremont or Mrs. Chalfont, um, all of these things that come together and and in the end in the train car scene where she chooses to put the ring on and chooses to to die, to die rather than become the thing that tormented her. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful thing, and it and it it's an empowering thing. Yes, and and I think that 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 negates a lot of the arguments that people make that say that Laura was a weak character or that she was, you know, like the hints that we got in the in the TV show that she kind of allowed these things to happen. They're totally negated when you watch Firewalk with Me, and yeah. that's a really important yeah. thing to note when you're when you're discussing this from that kind of 21st century rape culture. Viewpoint. Yeah, a more modern feminist viewpoint. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, yeah, it is really incredible that she goes from being a pitcher to mm-hmm. this the character fully fleshed that she out gets. character, yeah. and yeah. then and then she was so she was central to the show, but she was so central to David Lynch that the rest mm-hmm. of his career up and like we 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 well, really. Well, that's what Joel Blocko said in the thing is that it, this informed every movie he made after yeah. Fire Walk with Me. Is, like the women, the women victims or the women protagonists or the women heroes become. They're so central to. They're not objects anymore. They mm-hmm. are the subjects of of their own stories, yeah. and, and that's huge, right? Yeah. Like that's a big shift. Yeah, and I mean, okay. So we had watched. This is kind of an aside, but we had watched Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what was going on. Mostly because, partly, I think because we didn't have the Polish subtitles, or the the English subtitles for the Polish scenes. You think that that alone would have helped you understand that? A film? little bit because 
I didn't understand that the 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 brunette character who's in Poland uh, is this the same character as the one that Laura Dern is playing in the film. Uh. And that would have helped connect just a few dots, not a whole lot, but it's still. A I think I didn't understand because I, I fell asleep. Yeah, you so. stopped watching it for about <laughs> half an hour. And you're like, no. Nope, but now I'm I want to watch it again because we watched this documentary, Joel Baco. Yeah, where he explained. Well, he drew the connection very clearly that this is about Cheryl Lee's experience yeah. playing Laura and just how invested she became in becoming Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what England Empire is about. Laura Dern is an actress who gets so involved in the character that she doesn't. She stops being herself, and mm-hmm. she goes on this basically journey into madness almost right. to explore this character and what this character had experienced herself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing that, you know, 12, 14 years later, he's still filming about Laura Palmer, really, yeah. at the end of the day, is, yeah. and the connection that, that Cheryl Lee had with this, this character. And it's just so, it's so indicative of how powerful this character was for the show. And I think... That just further reinforces that that solving her murder was the wrong choice. Yes, because it removed her from that central. We I think we described it earlier in the podcast in one of the earlier episodes as being like she was a central hub, and then there were all these spokes and all these other wheels that became hubs for their own storylines. Yeah. With the spokes and went off, and that would have made a really interesting show. I do think that that. That that would have been a very interesting show if this, if if Laura Palmer's murder had never been solved and you always came back to the central hub that that undermined or underscored or underlined the entire community, yeah. because removing that really does set everything else adrift. You've got I mean, yeah. a lot of these these storylines that that come into play um, with you know you've got Nadine, Ed, and Norma, and they're off on their own thing. They're not connected to it to Laura anymore and you've got um, I mean really good example is James, James and Evelyn <laughs> they're not even in Twin Peaks anymore yeah. they're they're in another town you've got Andy Dick and Lucy and and their storyline and these were all people who were tangentially related to Laura and when they were tangentially related to Laura and when Laura was still there their stories had some deeper gravitas they, they, yeah they, they had the pull back to the central the central hub of laura and, and her it, trauma it ma- and that the damage that was exactly. being done exactly. was still influ- infecting their storylines yeah so it it, it really didn't matter they, they just had more leeway to move into their own directions yeah when laura was still part the, of the yeah, story when laura's murder was still the central yeah. the central hub because they could always find a way back there you know, whatever James, even if James goes off to see yeah, whatever, and he finds something that has to do with Laura's murder, he finds or even uh, just even just like remembering her and and having that unsolved murder or unsolved mystery brewing at the back of his mind would have made that a much more interesting thing than him just running away from his problems yeah. once the problem has been solved. Yeah. Like it, it yeah. really does. Uh, I mean, being able to draw those parallels, even in a in a. Uh, a story. Okay, so for example, um, Ed and Norma in the missing pieces, the from Fire Walk with Me, um, which Aiden, I think you've only I watched once. Watched I don't once, remember, but yeah. but there's a really, really, really beautiful scene, and it is very tragic and very sad between Ed and Norma, who are realizing that that like this is their their relationship. They're yeah. cuddled up in the the front scene of his truck That's or right, something, yeah. and it's and when that if that scene were to play out. In any other, it would st- any other medium or any other show, it would be sad. When you have it played out 
in tandem with the rape and murder of the homecoming queen, who was the secret girlfriend of Ed's nephew and a former employee, sort yeah, of, kind of, of Norma's, Norma's yeah. then it's, it's the parallels there. It doesn't cheapen Laura's story. It Laura's trauma emboldens or yeah, it's, makes it more tragic, yeah. makes Ed and Norma's story more tragic. Separate from that, it's just a sad story. Together with it, it's a tragic story. And that's what all of these other storylines went from being tragic. Lucy's pregnancy could have been a tragic storyline in its own comic way, yeah. but separate from Laura's you know, murder, it just becomes a funny side piece right yeah. even little Nikki I'm sure that there's a way that you could have made you know this orphan well, child okay little Nikki was like a very ominous figure for like the three episodes that he yeah. made sense to be there <laughs> and like he could have he could have been another spirit he could have been a whole other or, avenue or, of, of or even even if it wasn't if it wasn't a supernatural thing just well, the fact that here he you have, have been, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just the fact that you have you know another broken broken home and you have a, a child who's been orphaned yes. or you know the, the trauma of adoption and, and fostering and, and that whole thing when so more weaved, literal, but. <laughs> I know, but when, but when weaved together with, with Laura's murder, that, that underpinning lends a weight to those stories that all of a sudden that weight is gone and you're, you're floating. Nadine is, is doing cartwheels and it doesn't make any sense. And, and I think that it, Maybe maybe the solving Laura's murder was the biggest problem well, I, <laughs> from no, the show. I, I think the the thing is it would have there were there were already problems. Like let's face yeah, it, the whole were. mill fire thing that that wound up bubbling up and going nowhere, yeah. and then they just kind of res- resuscitated. And that's all. That's and all then. writing issues, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and same with you know James and and Donna's storylines and stuff like that. And they all eventually just died out. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. It, but having that central wheel still spinning mm-hmm. means even if you lose a couple spokes along the way, you can pick up new ones. Yes. And and there's still that motion of of the central story. And right. and it does come back with Wyndham Earl because that's the other thing. Wyndham Earl does manage to bring together other char- characters from across the town of Twin Peaks. Otherwise, there are a bunch of spokes all kind of heading in yes. all, in random directions. And There's we no... talked about this, that Wyndham Roll was introduced fully as a fully realized villain, too late to really save the show yeah. from from the demise that it was already, the, the downward spiral that it was already in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really would have, I really, that's one thing, I mean, we had a note here of like, where did we think the show was going to go? But yeah. I think it's more interesting to ponder where uh, Lynch and Frost kind of imagined it going because mm-hmm. they, they introduced uh, Wyndham Roll in the second episode. Right. Um, Maybe and then he's not mentioned again until the ninth. I think it takes well, it's, a while. It's basically yeah. the the scene with Leland mentioning, or is there another one? I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, it takes a long time, um, and maybe it's because they couldn't. I mean, it, it sounds like they had to give into the pressure of the the network to right. to reveal the killer, so they didn't have time to build in mm-hmm. uh, Wyndham Earl. But if they had, could Wyndham Earl uh, have taken over as the main villain? Yeah, and relegated Bob as. The mythical figure that they 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 are still hunting for, but they have a bigger problem of Wyndham Earl now also killing people, well, or something like and, that. And and it's in the this the final moments when Leland is being interrogated in the jail cell, mm-hmm. and he makes references to what happened to Cooper in Pittsburgh, which at this point we we only know that it's he was injured that um, Wyndham Earl was involved and that he went a little bit mad 
we don't know how all those storylines intersect yet, but the fact that Bob knows about that yeah. means that that There's, could have been yeah. brought in and 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 Wyndham Earl could have been made a... A henchman of Bob or something? Or, or related somehow, yeah. you know, the next host. I, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Like, that. maybe that's cheapening the whole thing. But but I'm just I'm just spitballing here because it's like... There were there were moments where you could almost see where they thought they were going to go, and yeah. then, and then of Agent. course you get you get. I mean, David Lynch really did lose interest once. Yeah. Once Laura once was gone, happened, was he didn't come back, back until the end, yeah. and then you had a bunch of other writers, and and uh, Bob Engels and Harley Payton really did take up the mantle. I think uh, Mark Frost kept an office or a desk yeah, on set. That's what sounded like. Um, yeah. And it sounds like you could you could reach him. Maybe you could reach David Lynch, but there was a lot of uh, resentment among the cast members towards David Lynch for for bailing on them and leaving them floundering with all of these other writers and all of these directors and no unified vision anymore for what this show could have been. And that's where, I mean, we're going to be heading into some of these episodes that kind of feel like you're you're floundering again. Um, and I think that might have been avoided had there been another compelling villain. But it's still, I still don't think that it would have been well, the same. Well, nothing would have been able to match no. Laura Palmer. But if if Wyndham Earl comes in and they still haven't revealed uh, the killer. Or that there's a supernatural Bob who's possessing people. Yeah, exactly. If, if there's still other avenues, then Wyndham Earl can take up a larger role while still holding Keeping on that to mystery. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, that's really what the show needed was because I mean honestly, we can't I can't imagine it ending any other way because I've seen it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what what left what was there left to investigate about Laura that had like what other uh, lines of inquiry had been raised that they could that they hadn't looked into yet? Like, by the end of the show, no. Or by when? the end of by the end of this yeah. of Leland's death, right? Yeah. Like they basically looked everywhere they could. I mean. Okay, they, they, they kind of tied together uh, a lot of the loose ends in the, that final episode where Leland dies. But, I mean, they, they, there's only a certain point at which they can't string it along anymore. And you need a, you need a second plot to, to drive well, the action, I think. Of the show, but of the, of the, the Laura storyline, I think the, that... Okay, so there's the difference between supernatural detection and more like uh, flatfoot traditional, yes. uh, you know, Holmesian, or I don't know, like any police service in the world, Philip Marlowe, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, those yeah. kind of yeah. detective agencies, yeah. you know, private investigators, um, and I think it's interesting that um, it's not until the supernatural aspect leads them to. Leland being this, you know, abusive molester of his daughter. I think in nowadays, it's you would always go first to the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. Leland would have been a suspect immediately from the beginning, yeah. right? And that is something that could have been. So, so let's talk about that. Like the difference in in detection, detective mm-hmm. work going on in the show, leading uh, Dale down one path and Harry down another path. Um, do you think that there's a way that they could have found out that Leland was abusing his daughter? And yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, they they could have tested the blood of every 
man who ever knew Laura kind yeah. of thing, right? I mean, there's there's lots of ways that they could have gotten around it. Um, but it, okay, well, why don't we switch a little bit and talk okay. about that mm-hmm. that that topic uh, more generally and and the how the investigation did play out, um, and also that you know pisses a lot of people off online. I've yeah. read I've read a couple articles about how oh well, there's no investigations going on in Twin Peaks. Everybody just gives up and decides they to dream start listening about to it their and, dreams yeah. and stuff. And it's like, well, that's kind of a crux of the show. Um, and I I I feel like as long as the physical evidence matched up with what Cooper's yeah. uh, spiritual and whatever other methods of investigation. Uh, then it was it was fine. I, f- I don't feel like some people get really mad at Cooper and they don't like Cooper because he doesn't follow this the the expected templates of right. investigation. Right. Um, but his 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 methods still worked in the physical realm, um, and I feel like that's that's what made Twin Peaks and Cooper so special was because yeah he counted on throwing rocks at bottles, but it always worked. Like, it always did yeah. lead to the re- correct route for the investigation to go. Right. Um, I mean, he found a serial killer in 20 days or something like that. Yeah. 14 days. Yeah. Really? Right? I mean, that's not too bad. <laughs> it's not. You're right. And and it, it has raised a lot of questions about um, Cooper's uh, involvement on a, on a spiritual level with this case and how maybe... If you were to read My Life, My Tapes as as purely, like, 100% in canon mm-hmm. with the show, then, you know, was was this always preordained that Dale Cooper would be the one to arrive in town and solve this crime? And is that why, you know, Chester Desmond doesn't have, isn't able to solve Teresa Banks' murder um, in Fire yeah. Walk With Me? Yeah. Because he didn't, he wasn't approached by Bob as a child, and so he didn't have a connection already with the spirit that lives in the woods in Twin Peaks. Like, there's so many, we're going to talk about that a lot when we, when we yeah. do Fire Walk With Me, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to see. Well, because, yeah, I mean, in Fire Walk With Me, uh, Chester and uh, Sam approach it in a very methodical, non-supernatural yeah. way. Uh, their investigation and it leads nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, the first third of Firewalk with Me is the anti Twin Peaks that Lynch is yeah. very yeah. clear in his symbolism about that. Um, and but it's shown how how ineffective it is. I mean, Teresa Banks, nobody, they they don't find anything about her. No, and it's only until Agent Cooper comes to town and brings with him his Tibetan method that that you get any kind of progress um, on progress on on her case, Laura's case. And yeah, you're right. I mean, he he does end up catching a, a serial killer in, in a little over two weeks. So, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> considering. Yeah, especially you know, in 1990, you know, technology and stuff like that, they didn't have, you know, they couldn't dust for prints every, well, I'm sure they could dust for prints. could dust for prints. But, you know, they, they wouldn't had no, find like, trace DNA, DNA on the yeah, thing. Yeah, they had blood they had type. They had a blood type. But, but even then, I mean, a rare blood type like AB negative, if you tested everybody who was involved with Laura and you found out her father had was AB negative blood. Was the only one, blood, yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, You'd you start you coding in, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, it's, it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's. No, it's, and it's, it's just something to, to consider. Like, we want to talk about this whole arc overall. And that, that really is one of the, the interesting things. Because after this. There's, because there's no investigation, mm-hmm. that that kind of well, discussion is over at this the point. The investigation there's... takes a different turn because we get, you know, Cooper ostensibly is, is ready to leave town after this because he's mm-hmm. done his job. He's caught the murderer. Um, 
he's going to say goodbye to everybody. He's going to go night fishing with Major Briggs, yeah. and he's going to skedaddle. And then he ends up, you know, with the DEA investigation yeah. and the RCMP investigation. And there's uh, then the Windermere thing comes up. And but that's not an investigation. Like, it's those a other different ones, investigation. Yeah, but it, exactly. But they're not the ones. The show doesn't track those investigations. Uh, Denise just comes in every now and then and says, well, I found this. And yeah, yeah, explains yeah. it. And that's how the investigation well, but But I mean, okay, Cooper does have his own, like, but the dead dog farm. Yeah, and, okay. and then they do the sting operation. And, and there are okay, moments. But, yes, like, yes. It, it but, does. But it is not the central it's not. investigation again. And part of that is because look. Laura's gone. Well, it's not a compelling enough reason to to be uh, a central investigation. Exactly. It's not. But even Laura. once once Wyndham Earl does come in and his, you know, it's not an investigation. It's it's trying to protect the townspeople of Twin Peaks, right? And because you're one step, killed. you're one step behind the behind, guy who's yeah. So it's it's not really and the, the, like that's the thing that kind of really pisses me off is they they don't ever try and get a step ahead of Wyndham World. They're always just reacting to what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, and the chess game is a perfect example, yeah, yeah. a perfect metaphor, because he's literally uh, the first move on the board, and yeah. then they're always playing catch-up. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really kind of aggravating, whereas with the investigation of who killed Laura Palmer, you, the, the, the good guys are driving the narrative. The good guys are saying, we're investigating this. We're going to look into this next. We're well, going to drive to this Well, I think that's thing. part of what, what eventually leads to to Dale Cooper's downfall is that he starts to lose focus and he starts to you get Annie Blackburn coming in and there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens with her and and a lot of interesting theories about what she represents and how she might be related to the lodges before she even arrives in town and and maybe um maybe his inability to get ahead of Wyndham Merle is is the thing that. that that leads him to it was all leading towards him becoming the next host for Bob. This yeah. was all, and if you think about it as this being completely preordained, which Firewalk with Me does kind of play with, with, mm-hmm. um, with Cooper's uh, message to Laura, to Laura in, yeah. in her dream to yeah. not take the ring. However, you interpret that. There's the way that I interpret it anyway is that this was all meant to happen. This mm-hmm. was all supposed, and it was all leading up to Dale Cooper following Annie into the lodge and being. Yeah, all of a sudden Bob, turned yeah. into Bob. Yeah. So it's it's um, that that makes it sad, but it 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 also kind of explains the frustration that we feel watching him, kind of, yeah. not able to catch Wyndham. Yes, exactly. And and just as a as a narrative structure, it's it's not satisfying. And I feel like uh, if, once Cooper's no longer in that role of doing the leading and capturing i mean one you think of the his initial scene in the hallway where he walks in and he knows yes. exactly what he's going to do he tells truman and they form a bond and they're mm-hmm. going to find the killer of laura palmer the the feeling that is the exact opposite feeling of what you get in every episode involving yeah. Wyndham Earl, where they're just kind of chasing their tails looking yeah. for for solutions it, like then, the keystone cops as opposed yeah. to yeah you exactly know. yeah hawaii 50 i don't know i thought you popped <laughs> in my head i don't think i've ever seen an episode of hawaii 50 new world uh but and so I think that that the show as as a storyteller storytelling device mm-hmm. really really doesn't have the same level of satisfaction because um, you're you're always a step behind. Um, like you know, you, you have an antagonist and you want the protagonist to try and overcome them and everything, but if the protagonist is kind of doomed to that failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it feels it feels really hollow. Well, and that and that would have been different had um, the real pro, the real antagonist is not Wyndham Earl. No, right? The real antagonist is Bob. Yeah. Still, yeah. 
but we've forgotten about Bob yeah. because Bob fucked off had, in the woods yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's vacated the town, and we see that very clearly yeah. in the in Leland's wake yeah. when everybody's like happy and they're mm-hmm. laughing and they're you know you've got the Milford brothers fighting at this like it 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 starts to go into this absurd territory and all i can think about is that this was literally you know bob left the town there's no dark cloud hanging over everybody so it's like it's like an extreme reaction of of happiness and giddiness and and cheerfulness that that comes out of of bob's all of a sudden disappearance right um so but because bob is not there and is not the central figure you've got cooper and Cooper's forgotten about Bob, I think. Like, it's yeah, not really yeah. clear. It's like now Wyndham Merle is this, is this villain. But since we've seen Bob and we know Bob exists, and or the show leads us to believe that yeah. Bob exists, that is a much more terrifying reality than anything that Wyndham Merle could yeah, ever yeah. represent. Yeah. So, so it... And that's what I like about the finale of the show is that, is that Wyndham Merle suddenly becomes... You think he's the, he's the head baddie, but... He ends no. up being vanquished almost immediately by Bob, yeah. and and it's like that's where the the that's where the real horror has been all along yeah. is with Bob and with this what specter of yeah. yeah this specter of evil in the town of Twin Peaks visited upon the body of Laura Palmer and by extension the body of the town itself. Yeah. When it when it moves away from that, it's a distraction, mm-hmm. and that's where season two is distracted by Wyndham Merle. Yeah. Um, so in yeah. saying that we want him to be a central villain, I do want him to be the central villain. If if you have to solve the murder of Laura Palmer, then yes, you need another villain. But make him tie into that it's, that yeah, evil in the town. It's almost it would it almost would have been better if he started he started the his appearance in Twin Peaks by coming out of the Black Lodge. Like Bob yeah, goes in or, and he comes out and he's the new evil spirit but he's I mean, they also try, they do try to have him be in, you know involved with project blue book yeah, and the yeah. whole thing with the doug puzz and he's 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 searching and he's exactly. involved with this but, but then as soon as he gets into the black lodge he's totally out of his elements yeah. and he gets his ass kicked basically yeah. Yeah. right away and it's it's really he a, doesn't understand what and, and neither do we we don't understand same. anything that's going on in this in this other realm yeah so yeah it, yeah exactly it just yeah it, it is a disconnect between i mean and that's that's what this whole episode has been about. Is yeah. that the 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 real story and the real allure of Twin Peaks now that Laura Palmer's gone is over? Yeah. Um. And so the next we're we're still gonna watch the next episodes. We're still gonna of comment and, we and bring you all the the joyous discussion about them. Um. But there's just not as much depth there, and it also and the because there because of this distraction, the focus meanders and. The, the show, in my opinion, does lose quality. It, there's still a lot of really wonderful things that happen. And I and I know there's things I'm looking forward to seeing and talking yeah. about in relation to um, the secret history of Twin Peaks. Yes. And um, what were you I want to jump in. And, okay, and say, jump in. <laughs> let's talk about... The, I just have one thing left on my notes here, and it's exactly what you're getting into, uh-huh. which is the next 14 episodes mm-hmm. or so. Uh, they do do a great job of exploring the supernatural elements. They do, um, and, they, and, and especially with with type. relation to extraterrestrial type or interdimensional yeah, interdimensional creatures. Of, yes. of some sort. It's not quite fire walk with me. So the way I've always talked about it with Lindsay here is that uh, Mark Frost kind of lays out the, the the structure of the supernatural, and then David Lynch steps in and populates them with amazing actual representations of those of those metaphysical or or supernatural characters like 
you know, Mark Frost and the writers for the next couple episodes, they introduce the Lodges, the White and Black Lodge. But it's David Lynch who decides, no, no, this is what the Black Lodge actually looks like in right, Fire right, Walk right. With Me, right. ostensibly. That's mm-hmm. the kind of interpretation we're going for. Um, and it's David Lynch who, in the last episode, says, no, no, we're not going to show the Black Lodge. We're going to show the waiting room, the Red Room, right. instead. Because um, I don't I don't want to reveal the Black Lodge. Yeah, and, and then and he's the one who says, who 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 sets up the logic of these places, such yes, as it is. Yes. And... and um, and how they how time works yes, or doesn't and how, work. How and the all creatures are motivated. Garmin Bosia in Firewalk yes. with me. We get we're gonna talk about that when you get to Firewalk with me. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so much there that he kind of fleshes out and makes real on on camera. And then Mark Frost then it's a great cycle because then he comes back and says, Oh yes, okay. Let's that, that's what those that again. is. And then yeah, we'll turn it into this thing. Which and, works in a lot of cases and some cases it doesn't like in the episode where Leland dies and you've got all of these elements from David Lynch's yeah. uh, the dream sequence from the international pilot yeah. slash episode three or episode yeah. two of the, the series. Um, all of a sudden you've got Mark Frost, yeah. uh, Bob Engels and Harley Payton saying like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah that, like that, that that'll work that, and this'll this, work this and let's let's fair. all make these things tied into a nice neat bow, which feels clunky and kind of um, uh, reduction. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah, it's or, just like oh yeah, well we should just tie these things. Yeah, it's and, totally not necessary, but it 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 works in some cases and it doesn't in others. And I think it works best when you have um, Mark Frost being the one who says, you know, who brings in and he he does have interest in theosophy and in mm-hmm. uh, the supernatural areas, and he goes into it in great detail in the Secret History of Twin Peaks. So so I'm greatly heartened that that the secret history of twin peaks exists yes and, and it's going to be this canon is for the new this season, is yeah. where the the however involved or or whatever i mean david lynch and mark frost are still on speaking terms yeah. so i'm assuming that that david lynch understands what was in the book and even though he had no part in creating it he kind of signed off on it so let's you know I'm I'm hopeful that now that we've laid out or that we've had this laid out for us that David Lynch is going to carry on and create something incredible from those things that will be populated by these dream logic uh, weird things yeah. that we that have come to yeah. uh, associate with his yeah. with the best of of Twin Peaks. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, and I, I feel like the the next episodes, um, yeah, like Wyndham Earl is. Oddly enough, our gateway, similar to how Kubo yes. is our gateway into discovering about Laura Palmer, Wyndham Merle is the one who knows the most about the Black Lodge. He's done yes. all this research. He's the one who talks about the Dugpas and, and all this other stuff. Um, and I find that is really interesting because yes. it does lead up to the final two or three episodes where he really does take an active baddie role. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like, yes, okay, this has been well-earned and built up to, um, except for the whole thing of Leo. I don't, I don't even remember why Leo and him... Anyways, we won't get into that. Um, yeah, so the, the, these next couple episodes do a great job of, of uh, expanding on that. And then everything's thrown for a loop in the, in the final episode. Um, but it is somehow, to me, I haven't watched it in probably a year and a half, two years or so, uh, these next episodes, or the, the finale. But to me, it felt like it was a logical continuation all the same, even though Lynch came in and kind of skewed a lot of what Frost and, and the other writers had built up, it still felt like, yes, Wyndham Earl was this character who who tried to understand the the, the supernatural and the, the lodges. And he just failed because he was maybe because he was crazy or 
possibly because he was evil or he whatever. He just didn't right? understand he what just he didn't was understand. getting into. Exactly. I think that's far more likely because the, the parallels are more interesting that way. But we can discuss that when we, when yeah, we, we get, get to the, the finale. Episode, yeah. But, but yeah, he, he, I, I, I like that, that, that Wyndham is, is our gateway to um, some of the more occult, esoteric, mm-hmm. supernatural things that um, we're going to have lots of, lots of things to talk about in the next coming episodes. Um, relating it back to Bob and this specter of abuse and trauma in the town is left to the final yes. episodes and, and the prequel, ones, yeah. which, for better or for worse, is is what we have. Yeah. And I, I just did also want to mention, because we were talking about, you know, this is the first 15 episodes in the pilot or whatever. Um, the exploration of the supernatural really doesn't take off until season two. Mm-hmm. The pilot in season one, except for the dream sequence, could... You know, it, well, and the Tibetan method, whole okay. like intuition. It's it's more yes. of a it's more of a soft. Yeah. it's more of a spiritual yeah. thing than it is a supernatural thing. Yeah. Until you get the giant, the giant is a very uh, big turn in yeah. terms of uh, the feel of the series because it introduces a purely supernatural element yes. that has not existed yet. Yes, um, and I like a lot of people say, oh well season two is where people stopped watching or whatever but i can't imagine another season of just season one type exploration like i i, I feel like that would cheapen um not cheapen it i don't know what the i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but it it would feel it would not be twin peaks without season two and i know you prefer season one well i just prefer the tightness of it and and the consistency of it i i just yes it's okay. season two becomes so hit and miss that it's it's hard to get into a groove so the second half of of this arc, though, like the second season, the first nine, Seven, episodes, nine episodes, whatever it is, um, you prefer season one to those nine episodes, or do you prefer season two with the more supernatural and the exploration of Bob and Maddie's? Well, I almost death I almost stuff. view up until Leland's death as being um, it's a it's a much tighter unit when you view it in relation to or together with season one. After Leland's death, it's almost like the show is another show, a different show entirely. Yeah. So so the, the whole season one, season two boundary doesn't really no. exist for me. But then again, I, I watched the show for the first time in 2009 or 2010 um, on DVD. There was no four-month break. No, there was yeah. no summer hiatus for me. There was no you you know, big break. You just put in the next disc exactly. and hair was white. Yeah. It was five minutes later. So, yeah. I mean... For me, it's much easier. I think for a lot of us second-generation fans, if you want to call us that, it's a lot easier for us to to combine these and and watch them in a different in a different way yeah. than original no, I mean, fans who had to wait a week between episodes and several months between first and second season, and then several weeks between episodes once season two was shuffled gone, around yeah. and and taken off the air and everything. It, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a different experience for us. We would really, really love to hear from. Um, I always love hearing from from original fans mm-hmm. and how they responded to these episodes because um, that experience is something that is totally foreign to me. I literally watched the whole thirty episodes of this in a weekend. Yeah. So I, I mean, my experience of this is, is totally different. Totally yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so we would really love to hear how you guys think about uh, what's going on with Leland. Who is Leland? Who is Bob? Where's Bob? What is Bob? Um, and what are all these things? What do they mean? And 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 where do they? Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So uh, again, we 
we'll be coming back to you next week with the uh, the first uh, post Laura slash Leland episode. There are no Palmers left in Twin Peaks because well, Sarah kind of disappeared. Yeah, well, she doesn't true. come she's back for gone, a long time. Yeah. Um, and and we'll yeah we'll, we'll head off there. from there. We are one episode closer to Evelyn Marsh, which I'm a little bit Always nervous about. Excited for. Totally excited totally for. Totally excited 100% for is the correct answer. Evelyn Marsh and Little Nikki, and Molly Shannon. I, oh, I forgot about Molly yeah. Shannon. Yeah. So yeah. things are going to get interesting. The Diane Keaton episode is coming up. Yes, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. Oh, There's a lot of fun stuff coming up, but yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be next. I'm going to write a Little Nikki episode where he was actually the Bob inhabited him for a little bit. Aiden is writing Twin Peaks fan fiction. That right. makes me so happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. I will review all your fics. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you will be my one reader. That'll be excellent. <laughs> all right. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Yep, thanks. If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter. That's at bickeringpeaks. Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you.